0: Welcome back Spartan Pride podcast fans first sports network Jonathan shop host of this show the Spartan Pride podcast a little late on this week's edition of around college football but you never know when news is gonna break so we wanted to make sure there was nothing too timely that had to be addressed today. If something does break in a perfect world, if something does break, uh, especially about the Michigan State football coaching search, we will jump in with an update for you. As you know, Hondo Carpenter and I talked about the search at the very start, and that's the best place probably to start this show. That's probably what you're most interested in. A lot of news around Michigan State early this week. Discussions of Urban Meyer, Speaking with Michigan State on some level. What level, it's not really clear. But I'll tell you what I think about that. A letter from Alan Haller to the community kind of outlining what to expect and what is in the mix for Michigan State as the national coaching search begins. Troubled times for the NIL. Collective, One of the NIL collectives that Michigan State is a part of. Troubled times, confusing times. What a wild world this is that we're entering. I'll let you know what's new there and what matters there. And I'll look around the college football world as we begin the first full week of play in October. And we do have a tasty pick six for you when you're sitting out there wondering what to watch michigan states on a bye week it's very important that you have a guide and part of the reason we do this show midweek is to set you up and give you that guide so you know what to look for what to watch when you're taking it all in on saturday saturday afternoon saturday evening saturday night and in some cases even into the early hours of sunday morning That's what makes the world go round. We're going around the world of college football today on the Spartan Pride Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline. Since Michigan State announced they were going to have a new head coach, I've been interested, and a lot of people have, to see what, if anything, Urban Meyer says on his work with Fox and the Big Ten Network about that job. Looks like he might have just gone straight to the source and had conversations with Michigan State already about the job, which is great. That only helps Michigan State. It only helps Urban Meyer. Discussions with Urban Meyer on any level, including who should we stay away from? Who might we consider for this job? What do you think would take to get the right person in this job, etc. Those only help Michigan State. All that does is elevate this job. Beyond the noise of tabloid, speculation, rumor mill, Myers' health, Myers' behavior, etc. All it really does is elevate. You've got a three-time national champion winning coach who looked like his career was over a long time ago, looked like his career was over again, now apparently has a decent handle on his um, his health, for lack of a better term and for whatever that is that that's inside of his head that has caused problems in the past but is he really a candidate to be a coach in college football again I don't know I do know that it helps Michigan State that he's talk, he's you know been in discussion with them in some level whether as an advisor and whether that's ever even admitted to it's only a good thing only a good thing for Michigan State It's only a good thing for Urban Meyer, too. It puts him back on the map as at least possibly interested or, you know, full of information when it comes to college football. If anybody out there is watching Urban Analysis every week with him and Jerry DiNardo, oh, man, he's fantastic. And on the Fox pregame show, ever since he got into it, uh, then took that year off and came back to it, Meyer's as good as it gets. He's tremendous on TV. You'd hate to lose him on TV. But it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say about the Michigan State job, and I think that's a good thing that Michigan State is interested in hearing and speaking with so many. As Alan Haller laid out in the community letter, there's going to be a large search. Some of it may take a good while. And and actually, there's some stuff that I think you got to consider. This is almost a case of first impression relative to the transfer portal era, and what does michigan state have the ability to do can you really have two coaching staffs employed at the same time or two head coaches the obvious thought to me is remember when rich rodriguez took the michigan job after i think being about a fifth choice he was running around michigan and recruiting but he didn't have a staff he didn't coach in the bowl game so i don't know if michigan state hires a head coach on november 1st What will that look like? How many assistants can he have? I assume it wouldn't be able to coach the team at all or have any input. Could they just go out and recruit? These are interesting things because some of the candidates uh, like Amire, like Pat Shermer, they're not involved as assistants or head coaches right now. now. Shermer is an analyst. You also maybe have some folks at the NFL level who may be interested or who otherwise are not coaching right now. I don't think Chris Peterson or Bronco Mendenhall would want to come back to college football the way it is right now, but those are two obvious names that fit that category. I'm not sure how that plays out, and I think that's something that we're going to learn more about over the next month as the coaching search continues. The great thing about having somebody like Meyer in the mix or or blowing in the wind is that it does put a little tamper on people speculating that some Pac-10 coaches who've had a nice September or somebody in... The Big 8 or the ACC, they may be a fantastic candidate. I don't think they're fantastic candidates. That's not to say they're not worth speaking with, if the timing makes sense. But are they really a fantastic candidate? I don't know. i tell you who is a fantastic candidate. Lane Kiffin. Did you see what he did last week? Do you see what part of the country and what conference he's in? Do you know a little bit about Lane in the past? He likes to poke the bear a bit. He's been reformed. He's been to the top of the mountain. He's been knocked to the bottom. Lane Kiffin's an interesting guy, an interesting candidate. I don't know that the timing will work, but if I were Michigan State, I would be trying to find out if Lane Kiffin has an interest in this job. There's an opportunity to break out of a shadow, cut your own path, get in the mix in the biggest division in the sport, poke the bear around, and leave somewhat of a legacy. Ole Miss is great, but you're not going to leave a legacy there. You're standing in shadows. Those shadows aren't going anywhere. I'm not sure Lane Kiffin would be interested, but I'm sure he's worth a call. We'll have more on the Michigan State coaching search as it actually moves forward and heats up. But next we're going to talk about the weird, the wacky, the wild world of NIL and the trouble zone that it is around Michigan State today. Around College Football We Go, Spartan Pride Podcast, you know my name. Welcome back. part of the reason we don't talk much about NILs and collectives on this show is because I don't like them. I don't know much about them. And I don't think they're good for college football. If you're a real super fan, and I appreciate it if you are, you know that what I said on the way out the door after the Peach Bowl in 2021 was, here goes the neighborhood. You've got 129 different interests, Good luck. This is going to get wild and wacky. I underestimated how wild and wacky it would get in the world of these um, NIL collectives. I just massively, massively underestimated it. Well, it's hitting home at Michigan State. The oddly named Spartan Dog for Life has seemed to have a funding pause. That's fine. I think the reason the funding has been paused is because there's probably a lot of guys that are getting some kind of money that may or may not be ready to hit the transfer portal. And after we've seen uh, Quinn Ewers and some other guys around the country hop around a bunch, what's to say that dozens of guys on the Michigan State football team right now that are being paid would not be ready to bail out? If they do, what happens? I don't know. Maybe the people funding that don't know, and they said, "We're we're just going to stop the car here until Michigan State has a head coach and a direction." I don't know if this hurts Michigan State at all. We don't really know what these kids are getting or what they're not getting. I worry that we're going to see tax issues for kids, as I've worried for years. as As soon as, um, as soon as they get caught up to, I, I I would be surprised if there's not some kind of tax issue for somebody. With nil money as soon as 2025, I think there's a. I'd put the over under at that. I'd probably take the under by a year. But for now, Michigan State Spartan Dog for Life Foundation Collective uh, is a looks to his paw have paused funding for most or all of their players. What does that mean? I wouldn't worry much about it if I were. What would, what would you do if you were sending a bunch of money on a, on a regular basis and you saw what's happened to Michigan State? Don't you think you'd pause for a second? <laughs> I do. I think you'd probably pause and just hold on one second. Just the nature of the beast. Eyes are on Michigan State because this is the first place something like this has gone down. At the time it has, it sure will not be the last. No question about that portal news portal news on the move next around college football we go welcome back if you like this show go ahead and tell your other green and white faithful about it you got friends around the big 10 tell them to check it out and tell them to take a look around the fans first sports network there's a lot to dive into we've also got a shrinking transfer window. That's big piece of news. I may or may not have delayed dropping this one today because I knew that news was coming. What we've got is an adjustment, a change in the window you have to transfer. It's gonna impact all sports, give players 45 total days throughout the year to enter their names into the transfer portal. Each sport will have 45 total days, but it's going to be divided by differently by each sport. For example, you know, before they made this change, the football window would be open the day after the college football playoff teams are announced and stay open for 45 days. The next period from April 15th to April 30th. And that one's going to stay the same in the new rules. So under the new rule, there's gonna be a 30-day window after the season and 15 in the spring. The Wild Wild West has to be tamed. This seems like a reasonable first step. I don't have the manpower to read and figure out just how many names went to the portal and never got out of the portal, but it's a real thing probably dozens, hundreds, and those stories probably don't end as well as all of those college careers began. Other news around the sport includes health-wise. You know, when Kate McNamara went down for Iowa last week, it did not look good. It might have looked, uh, maybe this could be an Achilles, it could be a leg, could be a knee. You saw him on the sideline too soon. And it looks like he's out for the year, which is disappointing. An ACL injury, out for the year. Who knows the future of Cade McNamara? It looked like a really good opportunity and a good fit at Iowa. We hope to see him back again there someday, hopefully sooner than later. But in reality, you generally figure about a year for one of those. And the great wide-out two-way star for Colorado, Travis Hunter, he's most likely to mix a couple more weeks. Dion Sanders saying, ideally, my, well, just quote him, it would be my dream and desire for him to stay out until after the bye week. Dion knows this game relative to a player. I hope his dream comes true also. In the bigger picture there's nothing really meaningful that's going to happen for travis hunter if he comes back sooner than later he ought to take his time get healthy all the way then maybe a little more and come back and see what he could do for the buffs late in this 2023 season that started so hot for colorado it's got a real chance to flame out but they play all 12 baby so just because Colorado is 3-2 and two right now does not mean they're, you know, going to end up 6-6 six six or anything. They could. But if you look at their schedule, they're at Arizona State this week. Stanford after that. Those are two winnable games. They got a bye week. Then UCLA, Oregon State. Significant. Arizona at Washington State and at Utah to end the year. The end of the year is not going to be easy. Arizona State and Stanford are going to be easier. Good move by Hunter. If he can stay out until then, that'd be the best thing to do for Colorado. Dion knows this business. We'll wrap it up with a pick six, get you set for the coming week in college football on this here. Fan first, Sports Network, you know, the Spartan Pride podcast. Every once in a while, people say, what do you miss most about working with Hondo and doing all those shows every week? Well, the pick six is what I miss the most. Over the years, I won some years. I lost some years. And I was so violently disappointed in so many teams for letting me down. For whatever reason, a lot of the Utah teams let me down. They weren't the only ones. They were not the only ones. But the pick six is the most fun that we have. We're going to start this one with the Red River Shootout. Oklahoma, Texas, toss up a coin. I think that's what you got on this one. Toss up a coin. Excited to see this one. Excited to see what Brent Venables has the Sooners dialed up for, what Steve Sarkeesian's offense has to cook with. Look out below, somebody's going to have a bad start to October. There's a contract game big time contract game in the Southeast conference that will not be played in the Southeast (laughs) LSU at Missouri ladies and gentlemen, this is exactly the kind of game that you give a contract to Brian Kelly to win a little bit of pressure on Brian Kelly and some real difficult news out of LSU health wise this week that, uh, is is really difficult. Uh, Greg Brooks Jr. has been diagnosed with a rare form of brain cancer. That is a difficult blow to the LSU football team. There is no way around that. It is an impact at a personal level. It is an impact way beyond the sport, and there is no easy resolution for Greg Brooks Jr. LSU goes to Missouri this week. This news I don't know how shocking it is for the ball club, but this is a difficult one. Missouri's got nothing to they got nothing to lose. LSU's got a lot to lose. I like LSU very close. Washington State is going to UCLA. Cougars are on a high living large headed to the rose Bowl. be it'll be cavernous as it usually is when ucla plays there look out for this one look right out for ucla i like ucla in this one and this one is going to be entertaining as could be i tell you who else is going to entertain us a little bit of heat A little bit of sauce, a little bit of spice between Alabama and Texas A&M. Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher a long, long time ago down in the bayou. Different version than Nick Saban. Jimbo has not forgotten. If you want to have some fun, turn those comments on again. Listen to what he said. Notice nobody followed them up and tell me how cordial this one's going to be. Alabama's going to Texas A&M. There's going to be some fire around this one. I like Alabama because it's too cliche to say, but I actually like the big guy, the big quarterback developing down there. This is going to be a game you're going to want to see. Another game you're going to want to see in the Big Ten is Purdue at Iowa. What is left? Now knowing McNamara's gone, what's left for Iowa? I don't know. Purdue seems a little hot right now. They got a little burst going with their new new head coach, Ryan Walter. I keep my eye on this one. I think it's gonna be entertaining. I also think that you are going to see a reality check for Rutgers. Rutgers is going to Wisconsin. And for the first time in a long, long while, Rutgers is going to Wisconsin with the intention of competing and winning the football game. Rutgers is four and one, folks. They just hammered Wagner, 52 to three, in the kind of hammering that you would look for after you got beat badly by Michigan, this many years into the Shiano scheme, looking to build to compete in the East. Wisconsin survived Purdue 38, 17 it did. very good effort they got a Rutgers team that's coming to be more I, th- I think this is what's going to happen I think Rutgers is coming with more physicality than Wisconsin is going to be prepared for and whoever gets out ahead in this one is very likely to have enough to get it over the line I look for this one to be close I look for this one to be back and forth I look for this one to be way more physical than Wisconsin expects because regardless of what you know about the calendar year and Rutgers record, et cetera, it's hard for me to believe that Wisconsin can do anything to their mind to get reprogrammed that this is not the same old Rutgers team because when you see it on paper, you just kind of default to, that's fine. This is Rutgers, not gonna be a big deal. Mark it down. It's an early kick. If Wisconsin comes out sleepy, They're going to have a real problem and a real challenge to deal with Greg Shiano's much tougher and much better at the point of attack, Scarlet Knights. It's a bye week for Michigan State, as you know. We will not have a game preview, although it would be remarkable to try to preview nothing. Instead, we're going to have something killer for you on Friday. The final part of Hondo Carpenter and Jonathan Schopp talking about the 2013 Michigan State Spartans. We are going to chase it again to the finish. We're going to take you behind the scenes and talk in detail things you have not heard before about the build-up to the Big Ten title game, Max Bulla's role before the Rose Bowl, happenings during the Rose Bowl and happenings shortly thereafter the Rose Bowl that would change the face of Michigan State football as you know it ever since. We are going to chase it again one more time and look back at that wonderful 2013 season on the next edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast. I'm Jonathan Schopp. That is Around the World of College Football. Look forward to talking with you again on Friday. And we'll be back at it next week as the Spartans get back into the mix and begin to prepare for the next game on the schedule, which is, of course, the rutgers on the road going to rutgers that'll be a noon kick on october 14th a long time between now and then we'll break in with emergency podcasts if anything comes up as needed thanks again for listening to another edition of the spartan pride podcast on the fans first sports network